Right. So, Martin, if you just unmute again. Yeah. There you are. Okay. So then you'll be able to talk the things uninterrupted. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Marlon. Um, you know, Kush Films, been around for 23 years, since 1998, mm -hmm. um, do, do, doing big things. I, I want to come across as a complete novice, right? Because obviously your best um, audience is ones that, or you're trying to get people to know about Kush Films. So explain, as somebody who doesn't know, Kush Films, how it started and what the journey uh, has been like. Okay, well, um, Kush, yeah, good evening to everyone. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm not sure exactly what introductions you've done so far. So in regards to um, people even knowing, knowing, well, they know my name, I, I guess, <laughs> Marlon Palmer, Kush Films, also New Urban Image International Pictures, also Kush Community Arts and Media Development. So um, I'm considered the leading um, exhibition PR marketing specialist of black films in the UK. So I'm one of the first guys to open doors to UK cinemas and start screening black films in in cinemas and creating a platform for black film and created much needed public access. So everything started, uh, yeah, it's a long journey. Um, long, you know, um, thinking back, it, it was, I used to keep raising dances. I had to be on the road. Mm. Uh, as a young man growing up in Tottenham, North London, mm. and you know, I used to do things on the road and and you know, um, had a knack of bringing. Huh? You was a promoter. Yeah, if you can call it that. You know what I mean? The people still call me a promoter now. When I say I'm, I'm a film exhibitor, they say, what, "What's that? You're a promoter." <laughs> they, they still call me promoter because that's what a lot of people don't understand the film business or understand that if you're not an actor or a director or producer, they don't understand the different roles. So right. yeah. So yeah, I was a promoter, uh, rave promoter. Uh, I like to think it was a bit more than that, just promoting. It's about, you know, it's, you're going to have an understanding of how to ed entertain people. And it's mm. not just having DJs there to, to play music, but you, you, you know, you're going to make the vibe right. You're going to make sure people are getting value for their money and they're leaving with a smile on their face. So, mm. you know, you've you also got to be a host. You're going to be all kinds of things. Some men just promote. Some men do a bit more than that, mm. you know? So I think that's where that's that, that's my mindset anyway, and that's what uh, I, I suppose has helped me do what I do in the film business. Because mm. again, you know, it's about taking care of your customers, making sure your customers are, are are happy. So I can put on an event and just and just promote it. People just come and then they leave. But mm. you know, people are not going to stay too long with you if you're not looking after them. You're not understanding what they want and what they don't, what they like and what they don't like, mm. understanding their needs, and you know, you're 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 creating that relationship with your customers. Right. So how you transition from being promoter on road to going to films? I mean, that's it's night and day, isn't it? Totally. Well, you have to ask the man upstairs. God. A fire God Almighty. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just... Uh, people, keep, people have been asking me this, this question for years and years and years. And tell you, I can't even answer it myself. Believe right. me. There was no plan. There was no right. plan. It, it was a God-given thing. Mm -hmm. And this this is why today my business is called Kush Films, mm -hmm. um, where I first came across the word Kush, and gained an understanding of Kush and what who Kush who, what Kush is and stuff was from a Bible. 
was from a Bible, a Bible my sister gave me. So basically what happened was I just kind of came to the end of the road on the road. Mm. <laughs> came to the end of the road on the road. So yeah, and uh, you know, in those it, you know, those times in it in, in the nineties, crack cocaine was around, lots of people, my bridge and then was either going jail or cracking out, or mm. you know, lots of desolation in our communities and stuff like that. Mm. And um, you know, it was either you fall by the wayside or you step up and you come out of, you know what I mean, of, of, of the of the life that, that, that was to be, that was there at the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just kind of just decided to just change my life, basically. You know, I had enough of the of the, the party and the drinks, uh, you know, um, womanizing. You come to the 1990s. A whole lot. Because there was no YouTube. Like now you could do it. Anyone could do it. The, 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 the internet was just about, just about, the, the internet was the, like dial up. You know what I mean? You, you, right. you, you have to wait two minutes for the team to even connect. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've got mail. It was like. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was one of the first guys to start using. I, you know, I, even, I was one of the, I, even, I even had a website not when I started my business, all them kind of things like that. So, right. yeah. So it was a whole transition, but it was just. Um, I suppose it was just um, a, a, a young black man trying to find himself in life and realizing that there was more to life than than the street life and what was going on in, in my community and that I, you know um, that there were exciting things out there and you could expand your expand your your horizon if you just expanded your mind and and that was the thing for me to really I wanted to do was to just expand my mind opportunities um just do you know do different things and 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 find new adventures in life so um yeah decided to to leave the you know leave the streets i went to church for a whole year got baptized started washed away my sins kind of and started again basically um and then yeah after a year found out the church wasn't really my thing either you know what i mean right. so um because then, then people i'm not saying all churches like that but the churches i went to was almost as bad as the people in our road you know what i mean i'm sure yeah. I, 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 they asked for forgiveness <laughs> well, I won't even go. We won't go into too much of that because obviously, you know, some of the people here are uh, obviously. I still give thanks and praise to Father God every day. I have mm. done since that day. The Bible is still on my bed today, to to this day, and I still connect and, and give thanks and praise and grateful have gratitude every single day I get up for, mm. for life, breath, health, and strength, and to even be where I am now. Because, like you said, it's complete night and day to, to where I am now, to where I was at that time basically and if someone when i told people what i was going to do i was going to start showing films people thought i was crazy well you know? i would if i was around i'd be thinking like how yeah exactly well people said it's not even going to work what, black people don't support one another show movie what kind of movie yeah i got sure mm. what, blue movie yeah sure blue what kind of movie yeah sure yeah. so that, that that's what people were saying you know what i mean so mm. It was um yeah they didn't they, they didn't understand it at the time they, and they, again I had no manual there was no blueprint for me to follow it was something Did that a mentor nope not in no the mentor was Father God himself Father mm. God and and then you know um, I have examples in my own family of people who who have done done great things you know uh, in my family my uncle and you know my father my father was 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 a street guy as well but very respected in north london well north and south london very respected a lot of people respected him as one of the first 
entrepreneurial Jamaicans to come here in, in, in the Windrush generation um, and made his money and used to wear nice clothes and dress and dress up and uh, and have the finest girls or whatever and blah 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 blah. So you know, always kind of had um, inspiration in the family to kind of like you know what. And I always tell my kids when we do things, we do it properly. We don't half step. And you know, um, you put your mind uh, uh, to do things and and also be a leader. Don't be a follower. You know. Right. Right. So um, so um, yeah, it's it's just uh, again the film thing. You know what happened was with the film thing. It was it, it. I didn't even remember to tell the truth for many, many, many years. When people ask me the same question you asked me, but I had a passion for film that I I, I kind of even had forgotten about. When I I suppose when I kind of got to a big to a bigger man and was started to you know get into you know start going out and raving and hitting the road and things like that. you kind of forget the things that you do maybe as a child and what your childhood kind of involved and it was years later i mean probably only, only about 10 years ago that i even remembered that i used to i had a passion for film and that um as a youth you know when you when we was younger well i, I don't know about i don't know about you I can't, I, you know what i mean i'm a big old man um right but um yeah, um, we used to get, you know, we used to, back in the day, we used to get comic books and things like that. And in the back of the comic books, you used to have, like, you could send off, a, like, I was it Charles Atlas. To, we're going to be a weightlifter, get a body like Charles Atlas, and you can send off for this, or you can send off for um, projectors and all kinds of things. And, and I sent off and got a, um, what was it, a Super 8 projector. Mm. And it's a little, little home projector you can have in your house. And you get a little film reel, a little film reel, and you put the reel on it, and then you turn it, and you in the darkness of your room. And and I and I got one of those, and I had Charlie Chaplin, Flim, and Lorraine Hardy, and all that kind of stuff, and be in the dark. And I've forgotten about this for you many years. It kind of was almost like suppressed in the back of my mind. So when people used to ask me, why, you know, how did you get? Why was it film that you went into? I just said, you know, um, I didn't remember all of that from a child from my childhood that I used to really have a passion for film. But then even later on, I kind of um, in the vid in the video age, in the video age, I I did a course with the Prince's Trust, and I I um. I was I had an idea of starting up my own business, getting a mobile van. A mobile van and putting videos because I, I I used to get a lot of films. I used to get films and I used to on, on video. I used to sell, sell them to my to my brethren, them sell them to my friends. So then they used to get I could I could you know get access get a kung fu films and all that kind of stuff. And kung fu was big back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Would know about that. Yeah, I'm a big kung fu guy. You know what I mean? So yeah. um yeah, and we talk about that later because it's coming back. But anyway, um you know late night late night cinema is coming back. But yeah, yeah. um. Yeah, yeah. Was it Roxy used to be in Halston? Well, well, well we, we, we're North Londoners, so we, we used to go like Holloway, 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 Odeon, um, cinema. We had, we had a number in, in, Wood, in North London as well, but the, uh, the main ones were in East London, in Dalston, real. Um, we had, we had two, Dalton, I was up there today. Yeah, yeah, we had two venues down there that we used to go and watch um, Kung Fu films, late night Friday, and also on a Sunday too, Sunday, right. after, Sunday afternoon. It was so, big uh, things back then. Yeah, 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 big, big, big. So, um, yeah, so um, I just basically, um, yeah, I suppose film has always been in my life. So, and I've always kind of had a passion for film and things like that. So, um, but I, yeah, I don't know, you know, um, later on, to tell the truth, when I started Kush, I, you know, as far as I remember, it, I didn't have a plan. I didn't sit and plan it out and say I'm going to do this and do that. It just, it just, it was almost like moving from one thing to the other, and it was like it came from a higher place. Mm. So kind of fall into that. And to tell the truth, when I the day I walked into the cinema, 
because there was a cinema at the bottom of in 1998 this is this is all when it started so this is after the year i went to church got baptized left the church and then decided you know i want to start my, start my own business mm. but then um when I walked in today, I, I used to always walk past this cinema that was on, at the bottom of my grandmother's road. And we used to actually, we used to go and watch Kung Fu films there back in the day. We used to go and watch Kung Fu films there. And um, then, yeah, I walked past there one day and I just I just walked in there. You know, I I, I think I had this notion that I, want, I would like to maybe try and, try and support black filmmakers because I just felt that black filmmakers weren't being given the opportunity for their films to be seen on the big screen and certain black actors, we, we certain black films weren't, they were being released in America, but they weren't being released in the UK. So, okay. so uh, I just wanted to kind of try uh, and create more access and, and promote those, you know, promote the Denzel Washingtons and the Samuel Jacksons and all those kind of people. So um, I walked into the cinema one day, India, man, they were showing Indian films there. And I walked into there one day and um, said, look, can I speak to the manager? Mm-hmm. And then the, the Indian man said, oh, uh, what, why, you, why do you want the manager? I said, I'm interested in maybe showing films here. He said, mm-hmm. again, he asked me, what kind of films do you want to show? And he was saying that, like, he was asking me if he's dirty movies as well. I said, no, man, I want to promote black films. Mm-hmm. So um, he basically, um, he said to me, oh, like, the manager's not there. The manager's not there and it, uh, maybe come back another time. And then another day, uh, um, I was walking past. He ran, he read, same man ran out and he basically called me. It turned out he was the manager. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know if things was going bad that week there. <laughs> he needed some money or something. And he goes to me, he goes, oh, what, what, you know, tell me more about what you want to do and blah, blah. So I started talking to him. And then, I, and then after that, I kind of, kind of became friendly with them. And I used to go there and watch the, watch, sit down and watch Indian films, the Indian films in India. Mm. Uh, you know, um, and, and learn about films and learn about a bit about the history because you know you have to know when you when you kind of have, have a passion for something it's good to, as i see to kind of, as i said i don't half step i like to learn everything so you know you want to learn about asian cinema you want to know about african cinema you want to know about everything that's the way i do things that's interesting yeah so so i uh, yeah so become friendly with those guys but then at, at the same time i met a girl who was doing something in south london and um, we decided to partner up yeah. And um, it was through her that I really got my first big film. And the, f- the first second screening that I ever did was 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 a major film, was a UK premiere of um, Ice Cube's directional debut, a film called The Players Club, with yeah. um, with um, starring starring starring. Well, I, yeah, Ice Cube starred it. He directed it, and also um, there was quite a lot. Of, uh, Bernie Mac was in there, and a few, quite a few others as well. So that's my that's the first big screen I did in nineteen yeah nineteen ninety eight the Players Club, and um, I was able to again you know um, again this I'm saying it's not just about promoting you you have to know how to do you know you you could uh, um, understand how to sell the whole thing and make make the whole thing even bigger than what it is, mm. and um, I was able to get the the, the Tottenham Hotspur footballers um, Les Sir Les, Sir Les as they call him now Sir Les Ferdinand Les um, yes. yeah Rule Fox. And um, Clive Wilson used to play for Tottenham, all three of them. Because mm-hmm. uh, I wrote, wrote to Tottenham, I wrote to Tottenham Hospital Football Club, and I invited them down to the screening. And I never thought they were they would have got this this thing. And they replied back, and and I got a thing back and said that they were coming, and they came. Mm-hmm. They came to the screening at the theatre that at, yeah at, yeah at the same cinema that I walked into the first one. This is my second ever screening. 
And um, it was a players club, Ice Cube's direction of debut, and they came down and watched the film. And this cinema was actually, it was, it was a bloody grotty cinema with rats running around. <laughs> it, was a, it was a grotty cinema. Hold on, big question. How yeah. did you get your hands on the players club to be able to give it to? Because back in the day, wasn't it a real? Yeah, I got it. I got, uh, yeah, I got it from, I, I do my thing professional. I got it from the film, this directly from the film distributor. The film distributor believed in what we, we, what we sold them in terms that we're going to create a lot of hype and a lot of buzz for the film. And they gave us the film. The film distributor, film distributor, 20th Century Fox, Universal Pictures, whatever, you know, all the different film distributors, major companies from day one. I I went straight to the big boys and started talking to them and I I got their films. So So they have an office in this country or you're on the phone? all All distributors are in this country. Okay, so you remember the distributor. I mean, yeah. despite, you're yeah. obviously talented. I'm not just yeah. trying to get people yeah, yeah. just wake up and say, I'm going to go and talk to Metro. Go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, once you learn, once you understand and you learn, then these, a lot of the distributors are international companies and they're, as they call them, multi conglomerate companies. So they have offices in London, Australia, France, Europe. America, so that the head office might be America, but they will have big offices here, like here in, because you know L- London is is one of the biggest business centers in the world. So right. all, most most film distributors have offices here, big offices yeah. in, in the UK as well. So yeah, we went directly. But as I said I kind of got bought bought in by this girl. This girl, she kind of had just started before me, and mm-hmm. she had a few connections. And it, 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 we both put a proposal together, went to the distributor, and said, you know, and it's 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 you know when you go to these distributors it's not I'm, you know it's not about going and begging them oh can i just give me a flim is mm. i'm trying to sell to them i'm selling to them how i'm going to promote the film which is going to benefit the release of the film which right. is going to help them to make more money of course money has to be the bottom line exactly exactly right. so so they're not going to just give you the film because uh you know so i, I i'm you know i'm uh, you know, I'm from the road. We know how to create hype and excitement and we know how to create buzz and all that kind of stuff. Of I mean, course, being a promoter yeah, originally um, sort of yeah, put yeah. you on that steering, innit? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I understand that even also how to sell things to people as well. You know what right. I mean? So, so you know, we, we, and this is why I always teach a lot of young black, a lot of young black men nowadays is that, you know, a lot of black men are born with a gift of the gab, but a lot of time we spend that, full, we spend that wasting our time on the road, hustling our bridge and our 50 quid when we can go and, and hustle the white man out of 20 grand, you know? Right, start the things. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, and, and that, that's what, you know, that, that's that's how it all started for me. So the second kind of screening, it really kicked off. We filled out the place, 500 seats sold, even got the local press in Harringay, they came down and they done a, um, done a sort of big review on me, still got it to this day. The man from the man, the man who's going to bring cans to Harringay and all that kind of stuff and blah, 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 and put black, black filmmakers on the map. And that that's where the whole journey started from, really and truly. Um, yeah, I mean, to this day, I still say it was a, because like you say, it was night and day. I, I was a total different character. As a bit, you know, I used to be able to jack the lad on the road and everyone used to know me, everyone, everyone used to know me as Marlon Brando back in those days. Right. Keep a lot of dance and raves and things like that. People, most people know Marlon Brando. If you go back in the day, they know who that is. So, yeah. You know. So the Players Club was one of many. Rush Hour mm. um, with Chris Tucker. Yeah. Is that you that got that into theatres in this country? Well, I didn't get it. It was already coming anyway, but I but I got it and was able to do to do to do uh, a special screening. This is what Kush is known for. My, my company, what I've become known for is that I don't screen films. 
after they've been released. I get them first. Right. So, you know, people come to Kush Film Club, Kush Film, as it is, Kush Film Film Boutique, Boutique now, it was mm. called originally the Kush Film Club, they know that they're going to see the film first. It's, it's, it's either exclusive screening or it's a UK premiere. Because so, that, that's the exclusive thing that I've always done from day one. From day one, you know, as as my grandmother was, would say, my chest was high, so I always wait to get the films first, mm. screen them first, and it, it's a it's a premiere. It's a whole, you know, it's not just oh come and watch the film and go home. It's I'm creating a whole package around the film. It's exclusive. It's 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 you know it's a premiere. Then we'd also have networking after the film because when I first started, one of the first things I did was was trying to support black business. And right. after the film, we'd have a, a, the idea was to have um, people network and talk. And, mm. and we try and support, you know, each other in the in business and all that kind of stuff. I used to do my own advertising on the screen. And in those days, it wasn't like now where you got video camera. Uh, you know, um, I used to do my own advertising on the screen. I, I used to have a, have a photographer and I would send a photographer. So I'd go to local businesses and say, look, I'm doing this new thing. I've got a big audience. Promote your, your business on the screen and blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, charge, uh, we charge like 200, 200, 200 pounds to 250 pounds. And if they agree, then I send around my, my photographer. Photographer go around, would take pictures of the shop. And then we would, we would get the pictures and send them to a ph- photography um, agency, a company. And then they would basically turn the pictures into, into 35 millimeter um, stills. Right. Still, and then they would add text to, to, to certain pictures to put the opening times and all that kind of stuff. And then we would, in the cinema, we would use a 35 millimeter projector, a slide projector, which right. got slides and then it, it goes around, goes around, and go around, and then it just projects it onto the screen. So, I mean, come on, look at what we have now. Freaking phone. Would exactly, 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 exactly. Well, this is the work you had to go through. But this is showing you where I'm come from. Yeah, this is like, just showing you where I'm coming from. So, and the, and the thing is now, there's a lot of people who's even, the younger people who, who, for, who don't even know about me or forgot about me. And as far as they're concerned, everything started with Noel Clark. From Noel Clark comedies, like, that's when that's when film started. And they don't know that we, us, there's guys like myself who the ones who first opened the door to UK cinemas back in 98, and we were doing things like that. But right. again, again, you know, um, what I'm kind of showing you is, is the creativity of, and I suppose that was my street kind of hustle that I bought to the whole film thing and to yeah. do my own advertising. So to generate extra revenue, I wasn't just relying on people coming through the door, mm. generating my own revenue. I, I was doing my own advertising on the screen. I used to do my own advertising on the back of flyers. Because, right. and, you know, um, what I, I bought from the, from, the, from the music business, from the dance business, flyers into the film mm. business. And nobody, right. nobody was doing flyers, and it, it became so popular that film companies used to hire me, used to pay me to do flyers and distribute flyers for to promote film releases, because right. then they saw what I was doing and they copied it, and that they wanted to do the same thing. Because I had to print up 10,000 10, flyers, right. little eight, little eight, just like a dance flyers, a yeah, six cool. flyer with a thing on it, and then eventually I it, it got so big I had to do a five, um, not a five, um, a four folded, a four folded into like a five, and then on the back. 
in in the in the middle and on the back i would said advertising space and i would have hair hair companies on there local you know hair salons black uh, businesses yeah all black businesses all black black yeah then would you also have them promoted on the 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 screen as well on the screen as well yeah and that's and that's how i used to pay for everything basically it was all a hustle because the day the day i walked into that cinema and i said to the said to the indian man i want to start showing films in it and the day he said to me yeah that can work and then we set a date and all that kind of stuff i never had no money i never had no money right it was straight hustling straight hustling make that money sell them words man Sell that film, get advertised. You have to become creative, like, raw. Yeah. I got even, to do this. Even on the day that I went, of the day of the first event, I never had the money to pay the man. <laughs> so yeah, but I knew I was gonna get the money because I knew I would just I had to, all I had to do was to stall him. Stall right. him, stall him, stall him. Don't worry, I'll soon come, I'm gonna pay you in a minute, and just go around, go around, wait for people to come through the door till the money right. they pay money at the till, and then could go to the till to take out the money and then pay him and pay him the money. Right. And that's, yeah. it. And that's it. Um, and this is an example in, in the sense that I use for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who have ideas for businesses and they want to start a business, but the mm. first thing they, 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 they that that stops them is they say, Oh, I, what do I I ain't got the money to do it right and people use that almost to stop them from realizing their dreams Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day and and not understand that you know um as i said there's there's different ways different different ways to to skin a cat or different strokes for different folks you gotta you know um there's you've got to be creative sometimes and it's not even that i suppose at the you know the real crux of it the real thing of it is that you got to be just determined to do what you want to do and nothing's right. going to stop you from doing that it's right. just you just got that focus you're going to make that Tenacity, diligence exactly belief conviction exactly. yeah had nothing and just generated money from thin air crying out loud based on your belief <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just brilliant. now hold on a minute a couple of new films so romeo must die wasn't that a kung fu movie romeo oh, no no dmx I did, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. Come, it had my Jet, Jet Li in it. Jet, Jet Li, Li, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But that was one. That was one of DMX's biggest films. DMX and and uh, who else was in there? No, DMX. Aaliyah. 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 That's right. Aaliyah was in there as well. Aaliyah was right. in there as well. So yeah. And so you got that. You got the premiere of that. Released it first before. Yeah. I guess what what then happens? The big boys come in and put it nationwide. Yeah. So guess what? So so you know a lot of films when distributors bring out their films, they would do they do like a special screenings, mm. and if they still do still do it to this day, they do special screenings. So they may have partners that they do special screenings with, and the idea is that to create a buzz, to create word of mouth. And right. They used to be called talker screenings. So it's to get people to go there, watch the film, and then people go in and talk about the film. Right. So and, you're and so, that guy. So uh, in a in a sense, yeah. So, but I've grown I've grown way past that now. In in a sense that um that was how it was, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. That's what I was doing. So yeah, absolutely. And obviously, it's still part of what I do. But I like to think that I've gone way past that in, in a sense now. That that you know um one of the first people they're going to call nowadays is 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 me because. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, I've kind of outlasted most most anyone else who was doing similar things. I'm just here as part of the furniture now. So right. I'm, you know, Kush is firmly established. They know who I am. I've been in this game longer than some of those people who were working in the film distributors. A lot of them just come, a lot of them just come out of university every day. Right. So so, so when they when they got a black film, they said, Oh, we got a black film, we want you to promote it. 
who, 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 who do we need to talk to? Oh, Kush, Kush, it's Kush film because they, they, you're the go-to black man, in it? That does yeah. all the black stuff, you know? Well, hold on, help me understand. So when they call you on the shortlist and they're giving you the film, it's a premiere, it hasn't been shown. Your job is to get an audience to watch it so you can generate the buzz and the hype around the film. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is they know I have an audience. I don't need to get an audience. I have the audience already. Okay. This, is, this is something that I do. I've been doing for twenty something years, all year round. Um, right. You know, for, for possibly for about ten years, ten years straight, uh, or maybe even longer than that. We screened films nearly every every, every month. Right. So what we do, us, right? We sign up. What you got a mailing list, and then when a film's coming out, you send it out to your mailing list, and then we show up at the theatre. Yeah, yeah. So they know. So so people know. We 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 have a. Generally, I have a a cinema that I'm based at. You know, sometimes we use other cinemas, depending Mm -hmm. on what on on what's happening. If the distributor is going to pay for that for another venue, he wants it, and they they may even suggest another venue because Mm -hmm. they've got they've got a relationship with that venue, and they're going to pay for it all the costs and all that kind of stuff, and they just want to promote promote it. So it's not like you know when I first started. It was a case of I'm asking for them for the film. They would give me the they would give they would give me the film, but they don't give me no money for that. They mm-hmm. they do me a favor. They're giving me the film. So I it, for the first ten years I was just happy to just get the film. Right, right. I'm just happy to just get the film, and then it's for me to hustle and make it and make any extra money that I can make off of it or whatever. And obviously the film is a premiere, so it's going to create a buzz. I'm going to get bums on seats and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So sort of thing, but um. You know, that grew to a point where, you know, um, I became really assured of myself and who I am and what I'm doing. Mm. And uh, I understood the value of my business. So Ah. then I was was able to switch that on them to say, when they start calling me up and say, say, this was, this was happened, the turnaround point was in 2009. That's Mm. when I got my first big job and Mm. was able to switch that, switch that in 2009 and say to them, you need to pay me to do this. Ah. So you're going to give me the film, plus you're going to pay me as well. Right, to do that. and tell them the price. Yeah, they ask for a proposal, right. I give them a proposal, I, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, this is what it's going to cost you. Right. How do you come to a price, by the way? Was that based on your time, or did you just come up with a number? Yeah, it's based on my time, and obviously how you, you know, what price, what price you put on your time per hour. Mm. No, the only reason I ask that is because you've done it by yourself. You, you, I'm not sure if you had somebody that was already in the business that you might come across and you was able to, and they were telling you that they're charging X amount. So you all of a sudden you're like, bloody hell, I'm doing it for free. Hell no. no, no I'm no, going to no. charge you. You know what I mean? No, I just kind of learned. It, it, again, it's just um, learning. Just learning. Mm. It's learning, doing your research. So how do you know if you're charging it enough? Or too much. I mean, well, you, well, you got to. At the end of the day, look, you understand how it, how it is with us as black people. So we got to be we got to play the game and be smart. Mm. You can't over. You can't. It, there's 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 always this scenario when I know that they're probably playing paying my white counterpart more than what they're paying me. Right. But as long as I get paid adequately and fairly, mm. and it's what it's what I've set set the mark at, and it covers my bills. Then uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to watch that because at the end of the day, you know, you, you know what's going, you know what's going to happen. They're going to try and try and start looking elsewhere and what blah blah blah. But at the same time, I don't play with them. Everyone, everyone will tell you this. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't play. So mm. you know, um, 
And then well, you get your work. You set that bar. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. it I, I, after wh- after a while, yeah. After, and then after years and years and years of doing this, I I know my my worth. I know my my value. I know the value of the film, and I know the value of my audience. What I'm bringing their content to, so they've got to pay me for that. You know, the story of Lovers Rock. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll you that. yeah, are yeah. the man behind that. Because mm, mm. it was uh, small cinemas. And then you started, there was only a handful of cinemas, wasn't it? Uh, at first, but at, in the end, in the end, eventually it screened, it screened in lots of cinemas. Right. It screened, it screened, we, we was on the road with that for six months. I, I actually had to walk away from it because it was, it was too much in the end, to tell you the truth. So the film, yeah, the film was made by Menelik Shabazz, yeah. uh, my good friend, like a big brother still. And yeah. uh, Menelik Shabazz um, also made the film Burning Illusion, Burning and Illusion back in the day. Right. And um, and um, he brought me in to support, you know, support do the organizer marketing and the distribution of the film. Right. So, um, so obviously, you know, this is a, a a black thing in terms of, you know, we, we don't have the big money like big big film distributors say we're gonna get three hundred screens. Mm. This is the thing as well. If you have, you know, you could understand you could understand how how it works, and. Um, there's a lot of filmmakers who make film and then they, oh, you know, they want to put their film in 300 screens and have it in all these different cinemas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can put it in 300 screens, but if you ain't got the money to pump, to market it, to promote it properly and mm-hmm. make, uh, for those 300 screens, it's a waste of time because right. people are not going to know that the film is in these screens. Right. It's only the, the big boys who've got the big budgets can put it in those massive, lots in of screens. They can do big marketing. So people know okay, they can go to all these different cinemas and see the film. Plus, mm. obviously, you know, the more screens you have, the more cinemas you have, is the more money you can make. But right. I guess you need to have the right marketing budget to be able to promote it. So we've met with Melit Shabazz. Melit made a film, you know, um, he crowdfunded it. And um, you know, um, and hustled it, hustled it as well. And um, so we, I think, if I remember right, it's about five thousand pounds for in the marketing that, that we had initially, which is mm. peanuts, peanuts, peanuts. Into, right. How uh, much does a film need? Minimum, you're looking at minimum. I'm talking about minimum. These are independent films. It's independent. Minimum, you're looking at about say, you're looking, you know, say twenty, twenty-five, thirty grand. Right. Um, and, and and that's minimum. He didn't what he had then. Yeah, because we just have to use our skills as black men and hustle yeah. and, and make it work. But then the key thing was we knew we had a product. So then what you do is you use the product to create word of mouth and the product sold itself. So right. we just created a buzz around that product. And then we said to people, look, if you want to see this film, call up your local cinema and tell them say about this film and demand that they show the film. Right. Right. So we kind of we kind of set it all up. So by the time we called the cinema and said, "Oh, look, we we want to try and put this film there," they'd already heard about the film. The film was in big demand because people was calling them up, so they took right. the film. So yes. took the film, and then you know we just took it. We actually what we did more with it, with rather than just releasing like like no a normal film, rather than releasing it one time and then you have a big budget you can promote it. We did what they call a staggered release. So you just do it slowly and you 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 take it on the road and you do a tour kind of with it basically. Right. So it lets yeah. money come in to continue the moment. Yeah. 
and then you can you can use that money to do more marketing. You just you know, this is what this is what we do as black people. We know how to do those kind of things and hustle. The hustle, the hustle, I, I, I make it, I make it work. You know what I mean? So, but then it just takes a lot longer. You know what I mean? So, as I said, in the end, I was on the road for six months because eventually the film left it it it, it smashed London. It came out of London, went to Birmingham, Luton, right. Nottingham, Leeds, everybody, everybody, because the women the women just went crazy for the film. They were everybody. No, it was a good film. I went to watch yeah. that. What do yeah. you compare that story of Lovers Rock to Steve McQueen's um, recent foolishness? Skip. Next question. <laughs> don't start me off there, man. Please don't. It's funny. I was talking about that today with somebody. Don't start. Me. Uh, I've got. If you, um, there's a Facebook post, we've got a Facebook. I, I had to. I actually had to write a letter right. to all my two people on Facebook about that because yeah. people was cussing so much and they wanted to kill the man. Yeah. And it was only halfway through, through through the five films. And I had to plead to people and say, look, please don't kill a man yet. Give him a chance. Let's watch the rest of the film because he may redeem himself with the rest of the films. Mm. But then I had to break it all down because I'm from, I'm from the Lovers Rock scene. Right. I had to break it down and say, this is, yeah, he was absolutely, he took liberties. It, right. And it's, it's obvious the man wasn't even, the man didn't go to no Lovers Rock dance. So obviously. The man's a soul, he was a soul boy, and he, yeah. according to him, his, his auntie went to thing, and he went to honor his auntie, and he heard some stories, and he he, he just he just uh, amalgamated many different ideas <laughs> into something that don't even make no sense, or and a lot of us were kind of upset about the whole thing and peed off, you know what I mean? Of course, he yeah. was the baby that used to be put on the coat with the coats for crying out loud. <laughs> he wasn't in the rave. What did he? Do? <laughs> Something like that. But that, that was just amazing. But the thing about it is. Is he, because the promotion of that has gone worldwide, I think... Um... He's won awards. He won another award this week. And I, I just had to... T- I, I was looking at something, and he, he, it um, was on Instagram. I saw him, him giving speech. He won some big award in America. People... Right. Peabody Award for the for small acts. I just right. have to. I just flip, flip, flip onto the next thing. Yeah, I, I think, know, but my point is the story of Lovers Rock was more true to yeah. the, lo- yeah. the story of Lovers Rock. Yeah, it's foolishness. Where's the yeah. just stay local, so to speak? That all them kind of foolishness was us. That's I not know, us. I know, I know. But the, but the, the worst thing is as well. It's not even maybe it's not even the white people them to blame so much because we keep blaming the white people. Maybe it's us that needs to be blamed because mm. again, the the, the pe- it's only us older ones of age. Mm. who come from the era are the ones and, and and not all of us a majority of us but not all of us who have an issue with it and mm. know, the, know yeah. the issues with it but the people who are endorsing it are the are the 30 unders the 30 of say 30 35 and under right. they love the film yeah the, our own young black people love the film Right. So maybe it's our, our thoughts as well that we haven't passed down that knowledge properly to our youngers for them to understand that the thing is foolishness. You know what I mean? Because right. they are the ones who, if you you go on Facebook, everybody's cussing it. Go on Twitter, they're bigging it up. Right. Two different, two different sets of people. The young, all the young people who have seen it saying they love it. It's it's mm-hmm. it's real because it's authentic. It's this and that. And he's like saying, "What the hell are they talking about?" And then you go on Facebook. All the old people in my course. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> night and day, night and day. Yeah, exactly. But and and this is and this is what again why our history just keeps always 
it's almost like it's been reinvented all the time. And it's when the, when the mainstream, when 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 the white man endorses it and says this is how it was, it becomes the real thing. It, 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 it's you know, which annoys me all the time. You well, know, just talking about that. Well, exactly. So okay, the narrative so, they control yeah. the narrative. We're just saying with the windrush, they yeah. control the narrative, and we're falling in line. Whereas we need to capture that narrative and start the things how we want it to be. We have to get to some of the questions um, in here. So if I've written a book, would you be able to help me get that to a film and shown in a theatre? Possibly. All depends. All depends on on, um, on the book. Um, if it's not something that, that at the end of the day that, that I was interested in myself, then obviously I know, I know the people you could talk to. But um, yeah, it all depends. It all depends on the book, on the content. You know, um, believe me, uh, for many, many years, people have been saying this to me. <laughs> and right. we, said, we have an author who did write a book. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, you know, mm. that is a, an authentic question. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, I say, but you got to understand, it, it's not, it, it's not even questioning um, the book itself and the writer. It's whether that translates into onto the screen. That's the that's the difference. Well, the um, thing was, it was well, you lot are going to know what I'm talking about, but it was a play, yeah. and then lockdown came along. It shut everything down. What play was that? What's the play? Um, consequences. <laughs> consequences, of course. Yeah, it was yeah. a play, and yeah. it lockdown. He had the actors; they were performing it, ready to go. Mm. Lockdown shut it down. Okay, and so then he. He put it into a book. The book has now been released. Mm. But obviously, he wants to do a lot more with it. And of course, if he could get into a film, into a theatre, he'd be overjoyed. So that's why I asked I, him. I mean, there's different ways. And obviously, you've got to remember that there's different, you know, um, there's different formats as well. You've got film, you've got screenplays, like for TV, you know, screenplays. And then even even now, the, the thing of actually filming plays themselves, as mm. it is, and actually can can get it on TV. But there's been a number of um, plays, black plays, that's been on shown on BBC Four recently. Um, you know, mm -hmm. as, as it is. So it, it all depends on, um, yeah, on the strength of it. Whether whether it's going to be, it can be turned into a cinematic film, or if, if it may be something for t more for TV. You know, are, are you open to communication? I'm always open to community. I'm, 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 I'm a big man in the community. I, I, I always like to kind of, you know, um, support my people and help my people. If mm. someone's if someone's coming to me, correct, and coming and they're serious. And this is what I always tell people: if you're going to come and you're serious, you're a serious person. Don't come with, don't come with no panky panky business. And, and you know, <laughs> panky panky. You know, I mean, you know, serious. If you're serious, then I, I, I'm, I will help you. I will help you in whatever way I can, basically. If All you're right, serious, brilliant. You know? Brilliant enough said. I'm sure someone yeah. will be giving you a call then. Uh, somebody says, Can I ask? Well, I'll say, give them, send them, you can type in, I'll do it now. Um, so just best to email me rather than call. So listenfilms.com is, is on your thing there. Yeah, info at kushfilms.com. So somebody want to type that in for me? Info at yeah, kush, yeah. K U S H. I'll do it, Joe. Okay, Spice. Info, info. at kush, K U S H films.com. Okay, because we can see it on your backboard there. Oh, and then oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asks, yeah. what what does uh, can I ask again? What Cush meant in the Bible, and why he chose it? Okay, oh, it's a good conversation. Can I can I pour myself a drink? 
Of course. Thank you. In fact, we'll all take a drink at the same time. Yeah. I'm sure I, yeah, I'm sure I had something something about drinking in the in the title of, of the event. <laughs> champs and giggles, yes. Yeah. Oh, 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 is it champs and giggles? I, I thought it was champagne and giggles. Okay. <laughs> Initially it was champagne and laughs, and then somebody came up with champs and giggles, my sister. Okay. And the champs and giggles just hit the nail on the head, and here we are. Well, all right, so um my sister gave me a Bible. This is when I kind of came off the roads and was trying to um, trying to wash away my sins and fight demon, my demons and stuff. So um, the Bible is called the African Heritage um, African Heritage um, Bible. If I remember right, it's a big black Bible, leather clad Bible, and basically it's written by some priests in America, African American priests, pastors, mm-hmm. and. This is the first Bible I read. It's the King James Version of the Bible, the same as in a lot of the other Bibles. But this Bible shows you all the black people in the Bible. Ah. All the black all the black tribes, the black kings, the black lands, the black... Mm. There, there's so much history in the in the forward and in... The, um, What's the back bit called again? Um, the, the back, the back part of the book. The back part of the book is a whole. It's like almost like a history yeah. thing at the back, at the back of the Bible. Maps. And um, this is where I first it wasn't just yeah maps, but it's, um, I've got it. I've got it's called again. What the word is? But it actually breaks down even tribes. When you see right. tribe names in the Bible, it gives you the proper meaning, their names and everything, and where what region they come from. Like that. So mm. th- there's no doubting that these people in the Bible are black people. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Right, and then and so um, so I basically so then yeah yeah I kept reading about Cush, and because there's a king and one of the kings um in the Bible um, it was a, it was a Cushite king uh, uh was it Pianki I think it was was it Pianki was in the Bible, uh, king, I think it was Pianki that is in the Bible. He's mentioned clearly in the Bible. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize this. So then, um, when I started to, when I then went and read more information about Kush in the back of the Bible, that's where I I started to learn because I had heard. I'm sure everyone has heard about the Nubians, the Nubians. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 About the Nubians, right? Nubians. So people people know the kind of the Nubians, but a lot of people haven't know, heard of Kush. But the Nubians come from the land of Kush. Right. Nubians come from the land of Kush. The land of Kush is present day Sudan. And oh. and and parts of Egypt, what they call up, um, Upper Egypt, right. Upper Egypt, and that's the land of Kush, the Kushites. The Kushites was a great and mighty civilization, a great, great, great civilization, one of the greatest African civilizations, which they don't talk about. Right. And if you go to the Sudan now, now this day now, they've got over three hundred pyramids in the Sudan. Just, it's just the only thing is that the pyramids are not on the same scale as the great pyramids in Egypt, the three great pyramids. But they're, they're smaller pyramids, but they've got over 300 pyramids in, in, in Sudan now of African kings and queens and black kings and queens, black, black as me and you. You know right. what I mean? Even and, black because in that area, they're very dark. Some of them are blue black, right? Yeah. And um, right, and no one doesn't talk about it. So the more I read is the more it empowered me. And it made right. me want to dig more and find out about them. But also it it made me want to name my company after them. And the whole idea was to remind my people that we were once kings and queens, basically. And therefore, this here on the side of your kush is a pyramid turned sideways. Is that right? You can say whatever you, you can. It's it's meant to, um, what's the word? Um, 
when I designed that, I remember when I first came up, it, it just, it was just, I don't know, it was, again, it, like it come from a higher place. Right. And the whole idea of it is to basically, is, is, is for you to use your imagination because you can look at it a number of ways and it, it will change on you. It's, okay. almost, it's almost like one of those um, um what's it you know there's those um visual things it, it, yeah visual illusion things and you look at it because if you look at it properly it will change it looks like a, it, it could be a period couldn't it turn sideways that's what i saw straight yeah, but then couldn't it also be a projection screen a projector a light shining onto a screen like a cinema yeah. Yes, it did. I like the pyramid idea, the kings and queens. I, I like that. That's stuck in my head now. <laughs> well, it, well, it, it, and again, everything for me also was about um, when I first died, it was about, again, I, again, like you say, I come from a promotional background, uh, you know, uh, and I, I would say even marketing sort of background. And I understood the concept of marketing and also the concept of illusion. And mm. in those days, you know, now we can be proud black people and we can claim our blackness and we can put black in in, the, in our company name. We can say black this or black that. I mean, you, you, you can remember only a few years ago, everybody was saying urban. They weren't saying black. It was urban films, urban this, urban that. It wasn't black. And it, and, and they, they came out with all these acronyms and BME and then BAME and all that kind of stuff. But so then back in the day, when I, when I learned about Kush, I said, you know what? If I start using the word black, it's going to frighten them white man. They don't want to give me their films and things like that. Right. And then the more I dug up, dug into Kush as well, I got to, I, I found got to find out that Kush also has a meaning. Kush um, in ancient Hebrew, Kush means black. Oh. It, mean, it means black, and so I, that's why I, again also to remind my people who my people that they were once kings and queens, but also to to display my blackness without them even knowing it and pushing it in their face. So it, it was Kush without saying, so it's black films, Kush film, black films, but without saying the black. And then also, like you say, with, with this now, people, the, 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 the white man's not going to notice the pyramid, but you saw it straight away. You yeah. know what I mean? But you see the pyramid. So yeah, that, 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 that is, it's all, you know, it's all, it sub ties in. It's all subliminal. It's all That's subliminal. Netcha asked, would you premiere documentaries? I think she means black documentaries because... I premiere documentaries all the time, but it all depends. Again, it all depends on the film and how strong the film is. Again, you know, um, the thing is, obviously, we st I started in one place in terms of like many years ago in the community doing things, doing things in the community, and the business just, you know, um, again because I, I kind of, I always had this, uh, I, I, I always wanted to do things for our community, but I always wanted to do it on a big level. And I suppose, again, even that, even that's from a street thing, from where I come from. You know, where I come from back in the day, I would like, you can talk, you can talk about the lovers' rock thing. I mm. mind the man that used to have, our, have all my crocodile shoes. I'm a leopard. I had leopard zebra skin. I had zebra skin shoes. And I, and I got them specially made myself, designed and made. Like with red lizard on the outside and zebra going up the middle. But I always wanted to be different. In a sense, so even right. when you know, even when I started doing the films, um, from day one, I, I said, you know what? If I just do ordinary, if I just do like films that people don't know about, it's going to be really hard work to say to my people. So mm. from day one, I, I I I went for the mainstream films, the big films, the big right. box office films, the Hollywood films, the glossy films. So and you know, um, 
supported that. One of the things we used to do, we used to show short films made by independent. So how I supported independent filmmakers was by showing like short films before the main feature. So mm. we'd show a short film before. So, you know, an independent filmmaker could see their film on the screen before a big, giant, exclusive Hollywood, American Hollywood film. And, you know, um, th- that was a big thing. So, um, and then, you know, we, over the years, we used to do community stuff in the community and community screenings. But, you know, it's been a number of years now since I've really done sort of like um, things like like in the community in mm. terms of... Um, um, in terms of so like smaller films or films that are not uh, how can I put it in a sense um, yeah uh, I'm just trying to find the right words to, to, to kind of say uh, you know um, obviously I'm trying to sustain what I do and I'm running a business and I, I and I've, I've got to make money from it so mm-hmm. I've always gone for the you know the big films that's gonna I know people money makers, come, come and come and spend money and they want to watch it so it's difficult to do other films that you know it's going to be a hard sell you don't know if you're going to get people there and all that kind of stuff so you want to support other um, people who have um, films in the community and that kind of stuff I mean I would, you know, screen certain films. If, if it's Black History Month or it's specifically, then you can screen community type films or films that maybe don't have a big box, but big pulling, pulling, pulling power. But it's about a specific subject that people are interested in. Then Black History Month, yeah, we can support that and blah blah blah. And it all depends again where you're going to screen that as well and all that kind of stuff. So it all depends. Just flipping back to this documentary, all depends on what the documentary is about. But generally. You know, um, I, I would say it kind of fits into like Black History Month and that kind of st- and those kind of things. But Tony Crossbody what did was with us a few weeks ago, and he did a thing a couple months ago, and he did a thing on Black History, which was really deep, and he had all the evidence. Um, that would make a is, brilliant. Is, 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 is that is um, that's the, um, Tony who does stuff with Mister C? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was on this show. Yeah, in, in a sense, still, still. It's a, it's like a set audience. Yes. You're only going to get a set audience. Believe me, I know my black people like our book. Yeah, they'll come out like for the our... entertainment, guns, and Listen, all the rest of it. I, I try to do, I, I try to do, yeah. They'll leave it alone. I try to do, I've done the educational thing. I've yeah. done it. I've done it. And and sometimes I've had more white people in my in the cinema yeah. come and support yeah. me than my own, my own damn black people. And it's been yeah. disappointing disappointing and then the minute you put on something with you know entertainment like you say it's more um guns booze and and whatever the place you can get 500 people pack out jam you know what i mean and you put on something like that you're only going to get 50 people come out or 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 60 people and you know um you're not making no money from it um at the end of the day Uh, you know um business this is why I'm still here doing what I'm doing 23 years later because I run it as a business, you know. I run it as a business, not the passion thing, just doing it for passion and for the love of it. That you know, I had to get sensible years ago, with mm. the, you know, when 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 I you know start banging my head against the wall. Um, mm. uh, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to do this? How right. am I going to do that? Stressed out, you know. I'm going to go back on the road yeah. and hang hang with my brethren's, you mm. know. I'm going to go back into the dance and start raving again. Right. But I, I stuck it out, you know. Um, and this this is another part of it. Uh, one of the greatest, greatest, greatest things out of, from the film business that I got from the film business wasn't um, like a career as such, a career and all that kind of stuff, and even the money that I got of it, is that things got so bad for me at one stage that, you know, um, 
what the film business done for me, it made me take up personal development. I took up personal development about 18 years ago. Very necessary. Uh, and personal development helped me to find myself as a man, a, a yeah. proper man, to understand my own limiting beliefs, understand the things that were, were, were inhibiting me from going forward in this business. Right. Because, again, you know, I came from the streets. I came from right. Tottenham. No, mm. I, I came for. I, I'm. I, I used to be a youth. I used to hang around on board. I used to hang around Boardwater Farm, and, right. and, and in Tottenham, and was there for the rights, the whole thing, the mm. whole, the, the whole, the whole thing, and and know all about that. You so, I, 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 I had, I, I, I didn't realize this. I had an inner dislike of white people, right? And and it was amazing for me what I did in terms of, like you said, that night and day transition to transition from from the road. Being a bit of a jack the lad, having a you know, having a bit of a free life. Because again, even before that, I never worked. Uh, I mean, I worked when I was a youth, and for uh, for many years after that, I never worked. I was I had to do my thing on the road That's and make right. money and make money, use my brains. Right. I was using I was using my brain. No, we weren't robbers and teeth, but we but we know for hustle, you like you say, and use right. our brain and you know. Um, Things like credit. So when, when credit first came in, <laughs> we used to kill that. You know, uh, <laughs> we can go, we can go and get, go and get a new hi-fi system and all that kind of stuff, or or get liver cities and all that kind of stuff, and sell selling back to people in our community and all that kind of stuff. So that's how that's you know, um, always knew how to hustle and and, and um, how to have the, have the gift of the gab. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's um, so uh, I realized it was only it was a long time afterwards, years later again that I realized when I took up personal development that there were things that were blocking me. And, you know, you can sit there and blame other people. You blame the white man. The white man don't want to do this. The white man don't want to give me his film. The white man don't, you know, every cinema that I, I, screen, film, I screen films in, after a year of being at a film, so after a year of being in a cinema, they would find an excuse to get rid of you. He's like, what the hell is going on? We're making money. We're bringing people here, and he's like, they find they find an excuse. And it's like, thank you very much, and see you later, basically. Wow. And it used to drive me mad. It used to drive mm. me mad. And mm. he's, you know, um, and to this day, you know, all I can put it down to is that, you know, um, the, the white man has a the white man has a fear of too many black people. So if you're bringing a big black audience, and um, you know, um. I was in the West End for 10 years, screening films, over 10 years in some of the, big, the biggest cinemas in the West End, bringing black people there. And it's, made, you know, it's like maybe after a while, you, they like it at first, but then it maybe becomes too overpowering for them. Too many black people in there, too, they're a bit loud or whatever, and they find an excuse. But it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. Plus the, eh? Did you figure it out? No, I, I think it was that. I, I just think the figure. I figure. I figure out. I just realised that it, it must mean that just they just haven't. It, it, I, I think it's definitely that issue that, and I think this happens in workplaces. And this is why, I, I, to me, all this diversity talk, diversity, diversity, diversity it's not going to happen. To me, to me, it, 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 they can force it to happen to a point, but it's it's only going to really happen when the white man changes his mindset and he welcomes us in and he starts feeling comfortable with more than one black person sitting next to him. Because right. I, I feel when the black, when, when the white man's got two, three black people, he feels intimidated. Right. So we just, we just naturally, we're naturally, um, you know, uh, what's the word? To, to, I'm trying to find the right words. He, 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 I, I see what you're saying. Cause obviously they could, uh, why, if too many black people's in a room, a white man could feel uncomfortable because, of course, if history were to come up, 
he might not look favourable. And he's no, the... I, I just feel they feel they feel that way anyway. They feel intimidated anyway. Because it's just the way we are. We, we're very, you know, we, we're boisterous. Loud. We're very, we, we loud. When we, you know, when we laugh, it's some loud laughing, not no quiet laughing. We just, we, we, we're natural. We, we are who we are. We don't try and suppress who we are. You know, the only time oh, we do, the time we do that is when we're surrounded by lots of white people. <laughs> but if we all also, we grew up around white people. They didn't grow up around us. Yeah, us exactly, and and, and they don't they don't understand it. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, this you know, country, yeah, you can go to other countries where white people are more comfortable around black people. So, mm. you know, the, it, it it does sort of depends where you are. Here's another thing. Um, oh, Spice, she's had a hand up for the longest of time, dying to ask you a question. Go on, then, Spice. Start the thing. An hour, you know, Joe. Okay. Hi, I'm Marlon. And just want to say, great work you're doing there. Uh, I'm based Thank in Birmingham, you. so I have been a, to a couple of your presentations. Um, well, we, well, we can, yeah, that's the next stage of things now. That, and actually, we're probably going to talk about that, you know, before before I, before I leave. But um, yeah, now um, there's some exciting stuff going on. So um, I'm hoping people here on the um, on on this thing here tonight will want to support what what I'm doing here now, and and hope you all are proactive, positive black people. And again, going back to I'm um, just flipping back quickly to the lady with the documentary and stuff. And and I was going to say this, and I didn't get a chance to 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 say what I wanted to say is that things have changed now. So with the pandemic now, um, there's a new age, the new digital age. And, you know, I've decided to embrace the age. And, you know, um, there's been some sad things that's happened during this pandemic. And I've lost some family members. My brother lost his wife, um, you know, um, to the COVID. And also, you know, lost a, a very close uncle of mine's as well. But the one silver lining out of this whole thing is that it's kind of also given me kind of a kick, kick up the butt and give me some new impetus. And um, I'm now, um, you know, um, I'm not focused on... Um, promoting the white man's films as such anymore and doing all the film screenings the, the film club I'm, I'm really trying to hand that over now i'm trying to bring some young people for them to take it over and and um carry on the legacy of that i'm trying to walk away from that kind of got a bit bored myself with the whole thing so um kind of not running it properly just been kind of going through the motions of the last few years so it's now to kind of give to people who, who will enjoy it better and, and give it, revive it and give it the impetus that it needs, like how I used to back in the day. So mm. sometimes you have to realise when you get all out, when you get all out, or you get, um, you know, you're, you get stale and, and you're going to step aside or, do a, <laughs> you know, you're going to do a Russell Simmons and step to the back sort of thing and, and let bring in some young blood, let them sort of take over. So the ex, but what I'm ex, I've now find something, found something to excite me. So embracing the digital age, embracing the whole George Floyd kind of um, scenario. And it was actually good today. Just before I came on here, I just saw it flashed up on my phone. That, um, yeah, Mr. Chauvin has been given 22 years. Good. Not long enough, though. Well, you know what? It's definitely a step forward. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. It's definitely a step forward. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, what happened was last year, during, 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 the, during the COVID, it's funny, I've been thinking about this for a number of years, but just kind of just didn't take action on it. And and that was trying to do my own, launch my own online cinema. Oh, right. Yes, yes. And and um, so I kind of met this, uh, uh, I've got a good friend, he's a white man who owns a big international tech company. Mm. I, met him, I met him in the film business years ago, years ago, and me and him become a good friend. And he, this guy, his company, 
builds all the websites for a lot of the big film distributors. He builds their their websites where they show films and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, in America, lots of the big companies, also in the UK as well, big BFI, Film London, he builds all their websites. Mm-hmm. So um, when the George Floyd incident happened, I kind of reached out to him mm-hmm. and I said, look, I kind of, it's like I just, it was like an awakening. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, it's time for me to build my own online cinema. It's time for me to really just step up and it's not only the George Floyd thing, but also the other inspiration for, for for me as well was another one of my 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 sort of idols, uh, something that I look, I totally respect for who they are and what they what they what they've done is Tyler Perry. Is, is yes. Tyler Perry. I've you got a lot, of, a lot of respect for Tyler yeah. Perry. And mm-hmm. the, the key thing there with Tyler Perry, and the key thing is something that I've been talking about for the last year, you know, year and a half, big time now with a lot of people, is about ownership. Us as black people owning our own s-h-i-t right you start right. owning it right? Ownership. right so so you know um i reached out to to to, to the brother uh, you know george floyd really inspired me to say this is this is it now i need to start get my own thing you know it's all well and good i'm promoting all these big films and getting paid to do it but you know, it's the, it's 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 all right showing our black people and showing black culture but the reality is the white man owns the film. Right. It's a big, the money that, all the, you know, all the people that I'm leading to the cinema as Pied Piper to go and see the film, they're really paying these white distributors. It's going to them. Okay. Okay. It's going to enable them to, or or it's going to encourage them to put money behind making more films where, where more of our black actors can get paid and things like that. But still at the end, we're still working for them because they control everything. They control the production of the films. So yeah, they're paying these black actors. They come in and they're making this film, but who they're making it for? They're making it for Warner Brothers, Universal Pictures, wherever they control it. They distribute the film. They make all, they still making all the money. We need to start doing. This is why I totally respect Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, everything that he does is he owns it, right? When he when he when he's employing black black actors, it's a black man employing black people, and he's yeah. paying them, and they're helping him to make films that he can distribute. And with Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry will even use the white man. It, it, he's had a he's he's had a deal for many years with Lionsgate Lionsgate Film Distribution Company, which is a white owned film distribution company. But the deal that he signed, they don't own his films. He owns his films, right? right? So he's making serious money for it because he owns his film, and they just get a percentage, royalty, and they just get a percentage, right? right. He, he, no royalties. It's, it's his film, so he's he they, he owns it. They, the deal, what he did, he he done a unique deal, and it's mm-hmm. almost like what some what some of the artists back in the you know like Sam Cooke and some of these guys were doing, where they own they own the, they own their rights for their for, for their music. So the money, the majority of the money is coming back to them. Right. Back to them. So, you know, um, and so this is what Tyler Perry done. And this is why Tyler Perry is, is, is now a billionaire. He's a billionaire. Well, you know, he was declared a billionaire on, yeah, a few months ago. No he's, way he's there. Yeah, he's in Forbes magazine as a billionaire now. He's a billionaire. Absolutely. Because Tyler Perry, at a point, was so he was sleep- broke. He was sleeping in cars. He was sleeping in cars and all that kind of stuff. Tyler Perry was, was, was exactly, it's a, it's a fantastic story. Yeah. So everything for me now is about ownership, and uh, you know, uh, you know, this year I'm not far away from 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 a certain number. Right. <laughs> now I can't that number yet, but um, I've gone fifty, and then I'm coming up to the next one soon. So right. you know, um, 
it's it's time to start thinking differently and, and doing what is, what is, who's that um pinky pinky's flashing what's that <laughs> right so um it's time to start doing things a bit differently you know and mm-hmm. ownership owning so um i was inspired by you know the George the whole George George Floyd thing, sadly, and also through lockdown and seeing that people now are digesting content like crazy on their mobile phones, where they weren't doing that before. Their mobile phone, their laptops, anything that's got a screen, people are digesting content now. So, um, called my guy Philip, the white guy who owns this big tech company, and I said, "Look, this black man needs your help. I want to build my own online cinema. I need your support." Mm. He said, you know what? He said, you know, Marlon, we've been talking about this before and he feels bad about the whole George Floyd thing. He said, you know what? I'm going to support you. Don't worry about it. We're going to build this online cinema. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was as well, um, I was able to get a little money from the, from the government on a, a bounce back loan. So um, I built with Philip, this kind of free company, my own, my own um, virtual screening rooms. So the film, that the trailer that you showed earlier um, at the beginning, She's the One. Yes. Yeah, I was able to do my own online premiere of that film on my own online website. Uh, website now, virtual, it's called, virtual, it's called Virtual Screening Rooms. So How I built my own. Pardon? How long was that film? Hour and a half, hour and a half film, hour, yeah. hour plus. And so, has it been released or is that something that's coming down the pipeline? Uh, it's re- it's released, but no one knows about it because okay. Freddie Freddie sold it to a distributor because of, because me and myself and Freddie again for, during the COVID we we sat down and we had some meetings and met up and we were going to release it theatrically and we were going to put it in cinemas and do a big release similar to story like story lovers rock and stuff we was going to release it um, but because COVID just kept going on and on he decided yeah. not to do anything he just he just sold it to a, a, a distributor a smaller distributor who took it and they've got the film so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be releasing it myself in a sense, to the black community on my new online cinema in the, within the next month. Within the next month, I, you know, I, I've got a fantastic, never been, never done before, never done before in the UK, online cinema where people can go on there, just like a Netflix kind of a thing, Netflix and watch movies. This is it's fantastic what, what this guy is building for me. And right now, again, you know, um, hustling it because I don't have the money to pay him for, for the whole thing. <laughs> this, this site cost me over 10K. Yeah. and um you know um we've got a fundraising campaign going on right now and i would love the people on here that the you know the people that i can see the watching to support to maybe make a donation to to my online platform and come and watch some some black films um yeah it'd be really thank you it, um yeah have you, have you got to go fund me <laughs> put it up there please um yeah, to really come and support me because um, so we built the, the online screening rooms, and with the online screening rooms, what I built now, the online screening rooms is a it's, it's a virtual screening rooms which which I can hire out to to private event organisers, to like the documentary filmmaker you've got on here, to anyone. So I can have multiple events happening at the same time on my virtual screening room, and people can show films to an audience up to a thousand people or more in any country of the world, or we can block it for only certain countries or whatever, and it's all automated. You don't have to do nothing. And it's like, when, when we screened um, She's the One the other day, I think I was, I was, I was at home, watch, I was here watching football, watching football, and film. the film is being showed, screened, and money's being made, and I thought, wow, look at this. This COVID is, this, this whole COVID thing is changed the game. Way. It's a new way. It's, it's changed the game Look completely. at us having this conversation. 
Yeah, because COVID. exactly, exactly. This is before I, I'd have to be, you know, grabbing all the bags, calling all the staff, meet me down the cinema, running right. back to the cinema, right. and sweating, right. sweating up yourself, and you all have to come out of your house. Yeah, exactly. Now you can just be your yard. And exactly, exactly. Things like now, hold on, there's something I missed. TMJ's got a hand up. I think she was next. TMJ, let me, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? TMJ, there you are. Hold on, I'm going to say quickly. Hold there on, yeah. Go on. Go on. I'm, I'm listening though. Okay. Um, Marlon, you know, oh. Yeah. Oh, echo, echo in there. I've got my phone on as well. Hey, Marlon. Hold on, let me just turn this Mm-hmm. Whilst whilst uh, TMJ is doing that, Netcha says she owns her own film. It's about Africa Bambata, the pioneer of Af- Africa Bambata. Yeah? yeah, that sounds interesting. Of yeah. the Universal Zulu Nation. I know, I know who Africa Bambata is. Don't worry about that. But yeah. um, you, you you picked up my ears, my ears, my ears. So maybe we can have. A, but the thing is now as well as I'm saying, the platform that I've built. People, what's her, so what's her name? Netcha. People, you know, filmmakers like Netcha can actually come and talk to me. And we now, this is the thing. It may not work in cinemas, but it can work on the online platform. Mm. And, and, and you can actually even reach a bigger audience on the online platform. So the online platform which I built, basically, you know, I can help her or she, can, she wants to come and talk to me to do our own screening. And you know she promotes it to an audience. I can help her promote it as well, and we can make we we can get it to out to to the public that way as well. So now we've we've you know it's um, my online screening rooms is called uh, myscreenhub.com, myscreenhub.com. I type it in the in the thing. So this is my own new online screening room. I'll do that for you, Marlon. Okay, my screen. You got, you got it there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Myscreenhub.com. Yeah, I'm off there anyway. So. Um, yeah, my screen hub. You can check it out. Um, so that's where we can do our live sort of online event screenings. But that was phase. That was phase one. Mm. So what I'm building now, and the, the fundraising campaign that we have got going on now, because I was able to get a little bit of money for to build my screen hub, and we built that with Philip uh, and the guy who runs IT, the, the company, tech company. And I'm really kind of happy about that. A lot of work. It's really fantastic. As I said, I can have multiple events going on. Um, local councils, you know, Black History Month, we want to be doing stuff and hire out to 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 the community. Filmmakers can hire it, show their films online to 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 their audience and that kind of stuff. And you know, um, I want people to come and you know, I want our black people to come and support me and and, and my platform, and I support them rather than they go and support they go to Vimeo or go to all these other YouTube. Cl- YouTube and all that kind of stuff out there. And this is what, what, forget about YouTube, because I'm trying to show people now that they can actually monetize. You know, when you put your stuff on YouTube, you're not making no money from it. But, you know, you can put it on a platform like mine and we can, I can show them because this is, as, as we've spoken about already, I know how to hustle, I know how to make money. So, you know, um, Anything I put on, I put on my platform. We're looking to to make money, and there's an audience out there. There's people who pay to watch your thing. So why are you gonna put it on YouTube for free? And people, will be, even if you're charging people two pounds, and you can, and, and remember, it's, it's now online. You can have a worldwide audience if you own the rights for the film, 
And if you say you're charging two pounds and you can get five thousand people to buy a ticket, then you're all right. You're making a little change there. So at the end of the day, this is we've got to be more entrepreneurial. We've got to look at ways of how we can make money. Nowadays, people have got so used to this thing of putting things on YouTube just to get likes because everybody wants to be liked. Like, mm-hmm. like, 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 like. Likes not putting your money in your pocket. You can't sustain nothing. So then people are just hoping that they, um, they're going to get enough likes that maybe some film company or someone's going to see them and they're going to get an opportunity. Uh, and that only happens to one out of every thousand. Sorry, not even a, not even a thousand, one every probably five thousand. Yes. If that. If, if that. So, um, so just quickly, so so phase one was my screen hub. So we built that now. Everyone can have a look at that. Use the link and go and look at that. But phase two now, this is what we've got a fundraising campaign. I'm trying to raise £10,000 here right now to build my own online cinema, Kush Cinema. So Kush Cinema is an online cinema, and it's basically it's, it's a hybrid cinema. So it, it's basically you can so it you can it's an online cinema. You can go in there and watch films. You can just pay one off fee, two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine, and watch a specific film. Just like you go just like you're going to a cinema. It would it be like Netflix? The online cinema is different, yeah. but. But what I'm Netflix is subscription, but I'm coming to that because I am doing subscription as well. So Netflix is subscription with with the online cinema. It's just like it's going to a cinema. It's one off. You just pay for one film. Okay. So, so you it's up to you. you. You so then you're not you're not contracted for nothing. You just want to so oh I just want to watch this film. What they've got in there. I've got they've got story lovers. Rock. I'll pay two pound to watch that. So you right. can just pay two pound. You watch it. You can do that pounds. with Sky, isn't it? Sky has films. Yeah, and, yeah. Because it's cinema. Because it's online cinema, right? So different. Oh, so that's right. yeah. But but they have two. So again, and it's similar. So this is what I'm doing as well. So it's it's called a hybrid. So what I'm doing is hybrid. So one side of it is online cinema. The other is the other part is going to be subscription. So where you pay where you pay reoccurring fee, and then you've got a back catalogue of films, and you watch them you watch them when you want, just like Netflix. So this is what I'm building right now. So. Kush Cinema is coming. It's, it's, it's almost it's forty percent built, right. built already. Uh, every day I look at it and what the guys are showing me, the tech guys are showing me, it's just so exciting. It's just I haven't been excited like this since for I don't know over maybe ten years now. Because you know, smiling. <laughs> yeah. So so and you know, it's just exciting. Just it's like almost like look, I've got the love back for what I'm doing. Because right. I kind of, as I said, you know, you can kind of just when you this is the the whole aspect of running a business. Sometimes you can just end up treading the board and just going through the motions, and you, you're just not really excited about what you're doing anymore because you've done mm. it for so you've done it for so long. And it's about finding reinjecting that 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 love for what you do and that that impetus just that you you, you just take it onto another level again. So mm. and this is what COVID has done for me. So. Um, Building this, yeah, really fantastic online cinema. It's never been done. I, well, I don't, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no black man in Europe who's got anything like this, basically. And, and building that. And I'm just so fortunate that I have this this white man that wants to back me, right. wants to support me. He's building it for me, even though I haven't got all the money. He said, you know what, do what you're doing. If you need to do your fundraising campaign, just get some funding, get your investors, whatever, and then you can pay me later or, or over a period of time. But And the thing is, He's he's building all massive sites with the latest technology for a lot of big film companies, and he just keeps every minute he show, he, he gives me a little sneak peek of what he's doing with for these big companies. He's like, say we think about this money like this. I say, yeah, I like it. He, he said, you want it on your site? I say, yes, my mind is probably on my yeah, site, and he's giving it to me. So I'm going to have things like we can show films like this now, 
And so people could be we're all watching a film, and then on the side we can have this, just like we on the chat thing here. People can chat to one another, say, "Oh yeah, that film was," and they talk. We can be it's talking in while while you're watching the film. Yeah, it's also this week he was showing me some um what it, um augmented reality AR the the future mm. AR stuff, and it's all of this I, I'm going to have for my site, and I, I boy I'm so excited about all this and this guy is with your site now. When you have the site, you're going to be in need of content, aren't you? Thank you. Key, 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 key. Content is king. And that's one of the key things. So this is why I was going to flip back to the girl, again, the lady with the documentary, yeah, yeah. and also back to the other person who's talking about production as well. Because one of the key things that we are going to start doing now is, is just like Netflix, creating our own original content. So I'm going to be creating my own original content. So we've got different sections of... So we've got the cinema part. So you can just push cinema. You can go in there. Just watch. You can watch one... Oh, is that me? Okay. You can watch one film and then um, pay, you know, you pay a one-off transaction, you watch a film. Then we've got the subscription parts. Um, that's under the Movie House brand. But it's all going to be on one site. Movie House brand. Subscription. You subscribe, you pay $5.99 a month and you, you've got a whole back catalogue of films. Then it's another section of it which is going to be kind of mostly a free section of it um, in a sense a lot of the content is going to be free because I've always had this idea about supporting young people and not only young people but also a lot of black actors who have been forgotten about so mm -hmm. we want to start creating our own original content um, how to uh, uh, master classes um, how to do videos how to do lighting camera sound picture all that kind of stuff yeah. also um want to start doing um round table talks so a lot of the old actors that's been forgotten about i want to go and revive them go and sit down with them we film it so we have four or five actors right on the table to talk about their journey how they got to be where they are today their mm -hmm. stories all the things that they went through you know that we can use to inspire our young people to show them the 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 the, the, the potholes and the hurdles that they need to overcome to you know because a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of the stuff now that is blocking a lot of young people's path in the film and tv in tvs in film and tv industries are exactly the same things that they used before right? mm -hmm. they, just, they just switch it up and, and throw it back at us throw it back at us and we don't realize this a lot of time we don't realize it's the same old tricks they keep using against us. So we need to record the history of those gone before so we can pass it back down to the youngers, to the youth them, so they can understand of, of how they can beat the system and how they can move forward. So, and, you know, um, and it, again, this is, again, like you same conversation we had before about people keep reinventing re reinventing the past and um you know forgetting about the old the, you know the people that have gone before all the actors them who's gone before long before Noel Clark and them you know we need to mm. I want to create an, you know the I what I'm going to do cost cinema is create an archive of black history all the black British films ever made the prominent black film and prominent and important black British Black British films that have been made. I want to create an archive. So Christian is going to be a one-stop shop to go and find, you know, Bur you know, Babylon, Burning an Illusion, but, Pressure. You know, I think having that, that archive will also enable things that people won't readily watch, like like the documentaries. If you've got them yeah. archived, people can watch them whenever they get around. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. People yeah. will get around to watching yeah. them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and definitely with the subscription side of it, that's when I'm looking for content. So obviously we'll have the, 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 the premium stuff, but then you're going to supplement that with your own original content, plus maybe some documentaries like what this lady's got and things like that. And that's what, once people 
are not paying for that specific thing itself. Uh, if they if they had to pay five pounds to watch it, they said, "Child, this is some old time film or whatever." Maybe they won't watch it. But if they're paying a subscription and you, you've got a whole catalogue of films, that's right. when they will watch those films. Because right? I end up watching films on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Kind exactly. of my watching, but obviously you just click on it, you start yeah. watching, and then you're like, "Oh." Or, you know, and then you might switch to another one, but yeah. you get to what you do watch it because it's there. Eshe is saying great vision for legacy building from yeah. past to present. Um, of course, by saying well done, big things are gone. And she says, I'm assuming it'll be a catalog of old and new films. I think you answered that, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, um, Teresa, do you have your question finally? Well, actually, Marlon's already answered them. Marlon, you know me as Junie. Um, he, you, you guys, he, he's already answered it. I've asked, like, what's going forward? What's he going to do going forward? Right. But I will say something. I mean, I was there at the beginning when Marlon was going to these places and I was there helping to sign people in. I think I volunteered a couple of times. And it's just fantastic to see where you've come from, where you've come from to where you are now and just keep going. This man has just been consistent. And that's one thing we don't really celebrate our people who have been consistent and stayed the course. Right. He stayed the course. Jumped the excellent, hurdles. excellent to hear all this. Oh, I, 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 I didn't know what else to do. I had nothing else to do but to do what I do, um, and stay focused on, on on what I did, what I do. Again, you know, um, I always wanted to, to kind of um, really uplift my community um in a sense that you know um and, and how i do it now it's just by leading by being an example and trying to lead from the front and people can see what i do and hopefully they follow in in you know they follow the lead because you know you can't keep telling people uh, i've kind of well i've got fed up of telling people oh, you're going to do this and do that I say, back in the day i always say you have to do this and you have to do that and blah 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 That's i stopped and like they say you can lead a horse to the water but you can't make him drink it mm-hmm. so I, I just stopped telling people all i do now is just try and be an example onto others basically um, and hopefully people will see this whole thing now I'm talking about ownership, us owning our own things. So, you know, yeah, it, 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 you know, um, it's all well and good, me promoting all these big film releases. D- d- again, you know, just to say that, and, and it's a lot of people don't seem to understand, is that promoting all these film releases over all these years never really put lots, and lots, lots of money in my pocket. Mm. You know, when I did the PR, when the PR thing started, cut, when I kind of got a grasp of that and I realised I started making them pay me for it, that's when, you know, but it's, it's up and down because it's not all the time films are coming out when people, when they've got budget to pay you. So it's, it's, it, 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 it's, you can't live on that because you, it, it could be next six months, six months before you get another big job again, right. you know, sort of thing. So it, the biggest thing that I got from the film screenings was branding was marketing it made my company seem way bigger than what it was because right. my company my little small company originally was being matched with big mainstream film releases right which are everywhere and then they, when people talk about it it's, oh it's kush is promoting it marlon's promoting it so kush was bigger than way bigger than what, what and, and again huge. yeah yeah and again that's marketing that's all marketing for you. you know, if you don't have to do your thing properly, you can make your company. And uh, uh, white man know how to do this big time. White they do all the time. They, they know how to do it big time. Yeah. Hi, uh, Kush. Um, Kush Marlon. Marlon. Well done. Yeah. I when you, when you said back in the day, I realised who you were because, as you said, you was a Marlon Brando promoter, yeah. North London. Yeah. So I know it from there, from my DJ and the music side and raving. Okay. And so on. My two questions. First one is, 
would you ever do a documentary on yourself to to to, to, to push out to show people where you've come from as you say hustling and never had the money never and you, you've grown to what you are now yeah yeah and my second question would would you do a lover's rock documentary yourself yeah. Well, no, I, 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 I would leave the filmmaking to the filmmakers. I, 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 I would direct it. No, because I, I, I don't. I'm not a director. But I, and and this is the thing is, you know, people's always coming to me and have come to me for years and years and years and say, oh, why don't you be a producer? Why don't you produce films like that? And I and I say, you know, um, I'm not a producer. What we need, the, what the black community needs, is distributors. I'm a distributor. I'm an exhibitor. I'm an exhibitor and distributor. The thing is, we we are very creative people, so we create stuff. And we, we we are actors. We are directors. We are producers. We're creative. And then what do we do when we create the thing? We have to go and give it to the white man, who is the distributor. So then, therefore, he controls it. He controls the narrative. He controls the story. It's always controlled our narrative on TV. Us in the, you know, black people in the bloody jungle with Tarzan. You know what I mean? And then he, and, and, or, or you know, um, hip hop artists who are the gangsters and all that kind of stuff. They they control the narrative because they control the distribution of the content. So, I basically. My ambition was to become one of the first black men in the UK to be a distributor. I'm the guy that filmmakers could come to and I can put it in 300, 500 screens, cinema screens, you know, because I've got that relationship with the cinemas. And plus, I've also got a relationship with a lot of the big lot of the film distributors. So even now, I could pick up a film from someone. Someone could have a film and they could come to me. And I could say, yeah, I know a film distributor that I can actually go and talk to. So then I act as a sub-distributor. I said the, the sub distributor, and they are you know they can be the, the mainstream distributor because they've got the money and all that kind of stuff. And and I work with them, and we put it into how many screens and put the film out there. But again, I'm advising them how best to market the film, how to promote the film. Because you'd be surprised how many of these companies get black films and they don't know how to bloody promote the thing. They don't know how to market <laughs> they it. They put on the shelf. You haven't answered my question. Would yes, you no, do no, a documentary no. on yourself? Yeah, uh, about um, you? Well, it's, it's other people. I, I think you know. Now that I've got the pl- with, with the platform that we're building, yeah. So and we want content, then yeah, yeah. I would love to do my own story. To yeah, both. I think that it's, would but, be absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah. People will be be really really supportive of that. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would love to do something for the, for, for the hardcore youths because yeah. one of the things I kind of get a bit fed up of is that. Every time we're talking about gun crime and thing like that, uh, and all the, and knife crime, a lot of the things I see is aimed. It's almost aimed at the youth, so who are half converted already, mm. and the hardcore youth are still on the streets, still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not going and talking to them. For one, you know, when they do these meetings and that sort of, them hardcore youth not coming there. No, or youth not coming there. So. I, you know, I always went to talk to the hardcore youth and, and, and do things for them. And I'd love for them to be able to stand my story, to know where I come from. Yes. That, things them that I used to do, because, you know, like when my man said, talk the things, they say things I can't talk because of, yes. of what, of what yes. we used to do. When <laughs> we, we hear you, we hear you. Yeah. But we know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, you know, even in my last days, when I really found myself, I kind of got hooked up into the drug thing as well. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we started, we started started with the drug thing. And, you know, um, for many years, I used to juggle it. I used to sell it. 
Mm. Yes, yes, yes. And, and um, you know, but I, I kind of had a strong mind, so um, didn't get didn't get hooked, didn't get pulled in by it. Mm. So I, I, and 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 even used to say to you know a lot of people, the, you know, um, it's like you know, like don't get high on your own supply and and don't you know don't ever make the thing kind of catch you. But in the last yeah. in the last days now, it's. Mm. It just went crazy. A lot of my friends, a lot of people, and even I started. The, 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 the only thing that saved me that you know I, I, I wasn't doing none of that mad piping stuff. All the mm. people, so it kind of it, it kind of saved me in a sense. And then I had good people around me, and it was a good actually. You know the story, the bit of the story that I missed out, which I and I should I shouldn't miss that out. It was a, it was a good friend of mine who was a Christian. Um, who basically saved me? He, he actually brought me to his. He, he come and got me. He come and got me. Took me out of the environment that I was. And took me to his house. He, had a, he was doing very, very well for himself. He had a nice house in Cheshunt. His wife was on TV. They had their own little show. He was a kind of successful music, music kind of. Um, he was a. It was you no. Know, he was producing and he was he was distributing. He was um distributing film, distributing kind of thing. Uh, and um yeah, I went. To, he took. He it was then we took me to church first. And I, I and, and I, they took me to church, and then um, it was a funny. Yeah, I saw him. It was funny. That's funny your year in church, where you got baptized. It, it, it kind of started. Yeah, that's where it, that, that's where it, that, that's where it all kind of started. And it, it, it's funny because it was it was it, it was on my daughter's birthday. It was my daughter's third birthday, and um, I was standing outside her house in Finsbury Park, waiting for her to come out so to take her. It was going to take her somewhere, and then I heard beep beep beep, someone driving past, and when I look, it was my friend, and it was. It was his daughter's birthday as well, and he was going to McDonald's to have something with her. And he said, "Come, come, come! You're gonna come and blah blah." And that's when the whole my whole journey changed, and my whole life changed. And basically, and it'd be good. To, yeah, I'd love to be able to relate a story yeah. and show the youth them that you know what. And and to tell the truth, you've got to remember, I only started running Kush twenty three years ago. Mm. Uh, all right, and I. Uh, you know, um, I suppose there's all there's a lot older people on there. I think I've seen I've seen a few faces, so there's no young people here. So you know, <laughs> I don't have to hide my age no more. <laughs> I'm I'm, fi- I'm 58 this year, so I didn't really turn my life around and get myself sorted till till, till I was in my 30s. Mm. So it's never too late. It's never yeah. too late. And and this is what the a lot of these youths don't seem to understand that because they think by the time you're 30, you're dead. <laughs> you, right. you know. And your life can your life can change. You know, what I mean, I didn't change my life in my twenties. I changed it in my thirties, and that's where I found myself and found out who I was. And then it's just been twenty three years straight. The thing is, the thing is, it's so weird now because I was a t- like you say, it was night and day to compare to how I am. now. I'm a workaholic. I, 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 you know, I don't know when to shut off. Right, you so, found a passion, though, isn't it? That's what it is. I, I, to, I, 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 yeah, and I'm and I'm very focused on what I do. Mm. I'm, I'm passionate about it, but you know, I'm just. I, I just anything I do, like I said, I learn it properly, and I learn the whole gamut. So sort of, you know, what I mean, I, I really put myself into it, and I, I and um, I, I just work. But for many years before that, work, I, I was allergic to work. Work, yeah, work, work for who? <laughs> I was so, so um, Marlon, we really, really, really do appreciate your coming. Yeah. I mean, we feel the energy of what you are doing. I before we go. I just want to share, whilst you're in, I want to share this, um, your oh, fundraising oh, thing with everyone, whilst you're oh, in the room. 
I want to see how many people want to, is going to is, want to support. Listen, as they say, let's, every, let's look at it first. Let's look at it. Let's every at every mickle makes a muckle. So if <laughs> even if it's five pound, please. <laughs> Kush Online Cinema. It's a public fundraising event. Kush has been supporting and promoting black filmmakers in the UK for Kush Film Club. You know, you've seen the movies. Now he needs your support. Join me in supporting him as he supports black British filmmakers. Kush Online Cinema. It's going to be big. Make sure you're first to say, I was there at the beginning. I support Marlon Palmer. Kush <laughs> Online Cinema and black British filmmakers, distribution of their movies. Go on, do it today. Hi, I'm Kyla Fry, actor and filmmaker, and I'm supporting Kush Films and Marlon Palmer in their new fundraiser. Head over to their page and donate now. Hi, my name is Angie Lamar, and I'm just here to let you know that I'm absolutely behind and supporting Kush Films in this wonderful adventure, which is Black Cinema Online, which I think is a perfect thing for us to get behind and support. Kush Films for many years has been supporting our productions, has been supporting us as individuals, making our story get to the big screen. And I think it's really important that we support him and Kush Films for what they are doing. So let's get donating, giving money, making sure this happens because it's for, it's for us and it makes our next generation know that we have been here doing our work and we want to get that work to you. So support Kush Films and make sure we make this happen. Black Cinema Online. There you go. Where's the one with Rudolph Walker, Jimmy Akambola? Um, there's more, there's more, there's yeah, more. Yeah, there's, there's uh, the some... link has been put in the chat. Somebody had put it there a bit earlier. Spice, I think it was you. If you could just put the link in there again for the uh, GoFundMe page. Yeah, I really love to love um, love you to support me, my my people. Um, also, you know, I'm I'm really everyone that supports me. I'm going to make sure they get rewarded. You know, even if they get a, a couple of months free subscription, or they can come to one of our big film premieres for free, or where we're going to look after everybody and give back. Because I really want to, you know, you should always reward people when they support you. And um, I, I want, you know, the proactive black people because. I've been doing this for 23 years. And then, you know, we're promoting, 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 support Kush. And to tell the truth, I should have hit my 10K already. But boy, it's hard oh, work yeah. trying to get black people to support. So it's, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's like you're going to phone them. I've actually start calling people on their phone now. It's like... There's <laughs> <laughs> hustle going on. Yeah. It's you hard work. It's, got it's, hard, it's hard work. But so, yeah, um, the key thing, what I'm trying to do now, look, what I'm building now, I'm going to need a lot more than 10K, wholly more than 10K. Are you but, on a time plan, by the way? So do you need a t 10K by a certain time? No. Well, in a sense, I, I, I do, because I want to pay for this platform. So, right. But what I'm trying to do is that, just like um, Tyler Perry, you know, again, ownership, I can go and, um, you know, we've got a business, we did a business plan, so I can go to an investor now and other people and funding and all that kind of stuff and, and try and get money. Again, the funding thing, you know, you know what it's like, it's precarious. You don't know if you're gonna get it. You may, you may you you sit, you do you spend all this time doing a funding application, you wait three months and then they turn you down. Right. right? And then obviously any investor, 
uh, you know, um, you can get money from an investor, but um, again, you know, you, you may fall out with them next minute. They tell you, oh, take the site down because they got right to the site. So what I'm trying to do here with, with the site, I'm going to the community. I want the community to support me. Of course. We build this with the support of the community. So no matter what happens, the site is, 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 is the community's, it's ours. Nobody can take that away, never, right? If, if, if you know, afterwards when I go and get the, the, the more investment for marketing, to bring on staff, um, to, to, to be able to acquire content and, that kind of, and produce our own content, that's a different story. But the platform will always be there no matter what, because I'm going to pay for it myself, pay for it through the support of the community, and that, that platform will always be there. So we had that conversation, um, Marlon, whereby compared to, say, like um, Choice FM, yeah. why not they sold that? Because that was a community radio station that was really serving the needs of the community, and then they sold it on. Um, we're just talking about the Voice newspaper. Again, it's no longer Black-owned. I've I've been here for the whole journey and all of them are my close people and all of them, I've seen every single one of them come and go. Um, Kush is one of the last ones standing, believe me. Right. Not one of the last ones standing. I mean, George Ruddock and all them that I know at The Voice, all my good friends. Again, all um, all them that at Choice FM. I do a lot of work with Choice FM and feel like that. And it's so sad. And I've seen, I've just seen them all come and go. Yeah. All come and go. You it's know? sold and, out. Yeah. And then the young people, they don't even care they don't, you know, well, you can't, you can't blame them. It's like we haven't given them that value system, that value system for them to value what's been built before and what's come before. Well, and we haven't left something for them to latch on to. Well, even that, even that. You know, or, or, or again, as uh, some, another one I was complaining about and I um, talked about before, is that, you know, um, it's like, it's like this, there's um, the African Caribbean cultural centre in Turnpike Lane in North London. It's a venue that I used to always go. It's one of the one of the last sort of venues that African Caribbean people can go and play some music and sit down. And the council's been trying to get it back for years and years and years. But it's like the the old people who's been controlling it for years won't let go of the damn thing and bring in some young people and let them come mm -hmm. and take a revive it. They hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it until when they part, they're ready to leave the planet. And right. and and then there's no, it's not been no, there's no succession. It's not been they haven't down. trained them up. Yeah, it's not been passed down. And the council comes in, just take over the building, and, they, and it's, it's all gone. And it's know? happening a lot. It's happening yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. Losing ground. So what a, lot, a, lot, a lot of that is trust. We don't trust each other. We don't well, that's obviously again. These yeah. are all. The, but what our conversations are building is that trust, because a lot of the distrust between uh, black people is often brought down through government and 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 policing, and they put the distrust amongst us. They did that in America, and that's why they got the Bloods and, and the Crips, two yeah. gangs infiltrated by the FBI turn them against each other. Now they're fighting each other. They don't even know why. So, and, well, and, you know, I've, similar I've, things... I've got documentaries on that. I've got documentaries on, on all, all of that. Yeah, so similar things. And that's why there's a trust. So when we gain and, and take back the narrative and start to control it, then things will change. And I think yeah. the online platforms, as we've been discussing, that we, has now happened as a result of COVID, is a part step of the journey. So like what you're doing there, very important, and of course, you do deserve our support. And uh, the GoFundMe page is a way, even if, as you said, five pounds. Five pounds, not a lot of money. You spend it on a portion of chips. 
you know what I mean? So go with that one meal and you can support a cause that could become a legacy that will be- benefit all of us and our generations it, for it, time, it, times there's and no time. There's no could. It's, it's going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we have to leave it there, Marlon. Lovely, wonderful for having you Thank on. You. Guys, you, you can unmute yourself. So- like us, organise our own exclusive online clubs with you. How would we manage to negotiate that with you? Easy. Just just come and talk to me because I, I would love to do, be able to do that. And I've always wanted to do it to help other people set up their own film organisations or film screenings. And Because, you know, especially nowadays, especially with young people as well, the way to reach them and give them and give them knowledge and, and education is through is through the media. It's yeah. through film and that sort of stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, just just send me an email, info at kushfilms.com. I can advise you how to do that, all that kind of stuff. All right? Thank you. Uh, Lovely Thank to you, see Marlon. you. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Excellent.